and we are back for season four. Kylie Dixon here, founder of the Northern Lass Lounge. And let me tell you, have we stepped it up a notch, lasses. So many exciting things going on, but most importantly, more amazing business lasses to chat to and share their stories. Talking about sharing, please do us a favour if you haven't already. I know people bang on about this all the time, but it helps us massively. Please follow our podcast or like it depending on whichever platform you're on and share it to another business person anybody who you think will benefit from us and leave us a cheeky little five-star review if you're new to lounging with the lasses and you like our crack then come on over to the best place on the internet where it all began the northern last lounge on facebook you can find us on instagram linkedin and there's a whole load of information on our website www.thenorthernlastlounge.com Today I'm lounging with my very own Fangita Fairy Godmother. Yep, that's the title I gave Suzanne Barber after she swept into my life and got me on the path of understanding finally what the heck was going on with my body when I knew very little about perimenopause. As the owner of Suzanne Barber Coaching, Suzanne has been the catalyst for lots of menopause and hormone success stories in the lounge and is an advocate of demonstrating how talking openly and honestly about menopause must be the way forward. After being diagnosed with cervical cancer, Suzanne was pushed into early menopause and forced to make some significant lifestyle changes alongside the challenges of a divorce. From all these experiences, a real passion was born. And here I give you Suzanne Barber on how she mastered her menopause and so can you. Suzanne, the Fangita fairy godmother. As <laughs> only you get away with calling me that. <laughs> but we will find out all about why I, I, I name you that. Um, and we've just had a chat, haven't we, before this, because I think our paths crossed at perfect timing for me I am going to share my experiences but um I'm having a bit of a is a hormone surge a thing mm-hmm. um, yeah absolutely and I feel a bit woozy so I might just clap out halfway through but at least I've got the right person on with us <laughs> well I hope you don't because I'm not in the same room as you first of all <laughs> <laughs> no I can't thank you enough Suzanne for how you've supported me certainly and I know you might think, well, I've I kind of had a chat with you and I've done this and it, but you have supported us loads just by being so open and honest about menopause. But also a lot of the the people in the lounge as well. Um, I think you have one of the most important roles I've ever come across. Um, so just tell us who you are, what do you do? Oh, thank you. I don't know what to say to that. I'm very flattered. <laughs> so yeah, so for those that haven't met me before, I'm I'm Susan. I'm Barber. I run a company called Barber Coaching. Um, and it started off life in quite sort of a different path, if you like. But for the most part, the, the core of my business is working with people who are experiencing perimenopause or menopause or think they might be and aren't quite sure. Um, and guiding th- guiding them through that because everybody goes through it very, very differently. Um, you know, although we kind of see in the media that there's these kind of core symptoms that we always talk about or they always talk about so they're there the grand wicked there um so hot flushes and mood swings and all those kinds of things that are well publicized but so many so many of us experiencing it in very different ways 
So it's about, you know, educating women, first of all, um, those born female, should I say, not necessarily women as such, um, and making sure that they, you know, even in their 20s and 30s, even learning what to look out for, learning to understand their bodies, learning what those hormone fluctuations are, but also learning how they're affected by it and what to do about it. And that's the thing, because we so often put ourselves in the hands of the the doctors and absolutely and rightly so you know we need to make sure that we've got medical backup as well but there's so many other things that we can do to support ourselves um and I learned that through my own journey which no doubt we'll we'll get into um and I wanted to share that with other people because once we're educated and we know what we're looking out for and we know what we're doing we feel so much more in control. And I speak to so many women that just feel so out of control and just think, my God, is this the new normal for me? Is this what life's going to be like? Yeah. Which is really scary. It is. It's so scary. But and lots of people are saying this at the, at the moment or, or now, not at the moment, because it's going to continue that the more people who are talking about it, the better. Like I have conversations with Gary's mum. We were on holiday Um and we were talking about the fact that I'm potentially, well, I am perimenopausal and some of the symptoms and stuff. And she won't mind a share. And so she's a, a recovering alcoholic. She's been um, like recovering for 15 years. So she's been sober for 15 years. Right. And she the more we talked about it. And I bet this goes on so much with like people with addictions and stuff are spiraling out of control. She was like, I had no clue what was going on or what or what caused that. And it very much could have been going through the menopause. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And and these conversations are just not on the table enough at the moment because, you know, as you know, people who are born female, we go through massive hormone fluctuations at loads of different parts of our life. You know, we go through our monthly cycle, but from being a kid we go through puberty then we, we have our monthly cycle but then of course for those who choose to have children um you know we go through pregnancy so that's another hormone fluctuation and then you know it happens again at the end of our kind of reproductive cycle if you like in the form of perimenopause and menopause mm-hmm. um and that's huge because also we don't tie the you know we don't join the dots so how we're affected sometimes by pregnancy might actually be some of the symptoms that we see um later in life as we go through menopause if it is indeed later in life um and the reason I say that is because we can go through menopause or perimenopause at any age and it's really important to remember that so it's not an age issue it's a hormone issue yeah and that's why I'm saying that it's one of the most important roles and we'll get on to what you actually do in your role and how you support people um because I was so naive to it Suzanne like so naive. I just saw my mum twisting on. Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh God, here she can. She's having one of these hot flushes. <laughs> Which by the way, I've had two now. Um <laughs> welcome. <laughs> I, I think that's what they are. But um like let's let's just talk about my experience so that we can make it mm. real how how we were introduced. Um I think a couple of things were happening, weren't there? Yes, more people were talking about it in the lounge, so in the lounge community, and people were like, because I go live and I share lots of things, the ups and downs and how I'm feeling, I was inundated with people going, have you checked that your hormone level? Have you checked this? And I'm like, oh, God, it's just another thing to think about, for God's sake. And then Ruth, the lush Ruth off the team, Ruthos, was like, why don't you speak to Suzanne, who's a menopause mentor? I was like, a what? <gasps> you know, good old Ruth. <laughs> 
touch and she went even if it's down to like your periods because it's not just the menopause is it that you 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 support people with mm-hmm. um, yeah we talk about hormones and all that yeah. mm-hmm. so we had a one-to-one and you kind of did a bit of a health check like tell us what you do on a one-to-one first of all so I look at so I'm not clinical first of all so I'm not a doctor I would never profess to be any kind of medical professional but I look at you as a person and everything that you have got going on so Mm. we look at um, what your physical symptoms are what your emotional symptoms are and all of the things that are feeding into that so how are you sleeping what's your nutrition like are you getting any exercise overworking yourself Um, what's causing you stress in life because all of those things feed into how you're feeling in that moment and also what your hormone levels are doing so for example you know for you you have a lot going on so you always run at this kind of high level so that sort of told me that you had some um probably high levels of cortisol and adrenaline which is which are our kind of go 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 hormones our fight or flight hormones to keep us running at that level um you know plus there's a, a you know there's a lot of things that feed into that so we really spend a lot of time getting into the depths of that so then I can learn how best I can help you based on um based on that session and there's always a few sort of quick tips I can give you in that one session as well to be able to sort of dig you out um <laughs> from from the way you're feeling fairly quickly and actually you took those really on board didn't yeah. you when you and I spoke and it, it wasn't always always about get yourself to the doctors was it it wasn't that was something that naturally happened off the bat of it but it was simple things Susan mm-hmm. like 10 minute breaks religiously going out for a walk keep like all these simple things your nutrition check that you're getting the right nutrition reduce your alcohol levels all of this more water things that you can easily do yourself mm-hmm. um, and we chatted about it didn't you that I had this fear of so I'm getting asked to do more and more like speaking events, um, you know, getting and standing on stage, doing things online to like businesses and feeling quite quite pressured to do it. Um, obviously I love that that part of my role, but I thought, what happens if I have one of these funny turns which was starting to happen every couple of months? Like mm-hmm. on that day, what the hell do I do? What and I just couldn't I thought I need even though it's not like happening every single day right which it's not I need to do something now to prevent that from happening mm-hmm. yeah. And, yeah and we we went through the whole tick 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 you you, you go to the gym you do this da, da, da. so if somebody like me comes on and talks to you about that and says right my nutrition's on point um I should be getting all the vitamin d through all the bloody salmon and mushrooms that I eat that's another story um spinach all of that leafy greens lush food that I have water on point reduce my alcohol level what's the next step what 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 do we do mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly and that's and that's kind of what we looked at wasn't it in terms of what you were feeling and what was feeding into that so that's why we talked about those taking those breaks because from your point of view you know you're, you are like super you're my superwoman <laughs> you know I see you busy 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 all the time uh-huh. um but actually, if you're running on a high level of stress all of the time, then it just takes one tiny thing or a little bit of nervousness to push it over the edge. So by managing that stress and keeping that stress at as low a level as possible, or those cortisol levels, because stress and menopause do not go in the same sentence together. And I say menopause, that means all of the stages, including perimenopause, um, you know, they do not go together because they make our symptoms worse. So if we're prone to anxiety with our symptoms or we're prone to 
um, you know, anything, brain fog, for example. You know, I've stood on stage many a time where, I mean, I'm lucky because I can make a joke about it because obviously I work in, in the arena. So, but I can literally stand up in front of a couple of hundred people talking and words will just fall out of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you just kind of stand there with your mouth open going, I have no clue what I was about to say. Um, completely lose your thread. Luckily for me, I can just throw the joke in. Oh, well, there you go. There's brain fog at its finest. But <laughs> other people don't have that luxury necessarily, do they, if they don't want to divulge that? Uh-huh. Um, but but stress and nervousness really feeds into that as well and those cortisol levels. So that's why we talked about those breaks and those walks mm-hmm. um, because it keeps it at a low level and it keeps it managed. And I'm sure Ruth and Phelpsy, you know, they all work in that kind of similar field as well in terms of dealing with stress and, and confidence. Um, you know, they talk about all of those things regularly as well in the lounge, don't they? About if you manage it at a low level, it prevents it from escalating to a high level. So I rocked along with the doctors after our a couple of chats, I think it was, I went, right, I'm going to go, I'm just going to take mm-hmm. these symptoms, because I was getting a lot of the symptoms of, of the 90-odd symptoms that there are, whatever. <laughs> and then <laughs> I took it in with your little list, long list, and then they just look at me. You mean, in, you mean the symptom checker, don't you, the symptom checker? I mean, I don't write everybody a laundry list of symptoms, no, no, by no, the way, no. it's a symptom oh, checker. So <laughs> don't worry, she's not going, yeah, you've got that, 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 no. It's a symptom checker, and I t- took it in, and and they instantly look at your age, man, Suzanne, at the local GP. Yeah. Instantly look at your age and go, no, 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 we're not going to test you for this. They did a blood test. It came back that I was vitamin D deficient. But who the hell isn't in winter, right? Like, <laughs> um, So this kind of got me on my way to, because we had another chat and I went, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go private. So I went private, managed to get HRT, right, after a hormone <laughs> The hormone check came back, by the way, completely fine because I'm still getting periods. Um, and I'm sharing this because I want people who are on the similar thinking wavelength to go and see what potentially can happen. Um, mm-hmm. And then this was through Gary's work. That's my husband. And he was made redundant. So I'm getting this HRT on prescription privately through Gary's work. He's made redundant. So I'm going, oh, great. So I'm not going to get the prescription anyway. I rang them up and they said, no, we'll send you a letter out. So the letter went to my doctors. I went to the doctors last week and I got three months of HRT, right? Went, in, went into the um the pharmacist who approached me and said, would you like to sign up for the year? Really? So they yes. said to, for the prepayment certificate. Yeah. Brilliant. So I've got that for you. Happy days, right? And whether it's a placebo effect or not, Suzanne? My anxiety is definitely reduced. Amazing. Yeah. And that is a big game changer for a lot of people because more and more women that we're noticing, sorry, those born female who go through menopause, I'll use women for the purposes of the podcast, but yeah, 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 make yeah, sure yeah. That's um, But we're seeing a lot more psychological or emotional symptoms. So we're seeing a lot more low mood. We're seeing a lot more anxiety because there's a lot of other pressures around as well. So that mm-hmm. gets exaggerated. Um, so there's a couple of things from what you said there that I just wanted to, to pull out, if that's all right. So the blood tests, blood tests, first of all. So blood tests are tricky, particularly for anybody under the age of 45, because your hormones are going through some significant fluctuations. And if you imagine like a, a flow chart or a graph, it's like up and down in big spikes and big fluctuations um, quite randomly as well. So it's quite difficult in terms of just having one blood test to be able to say yes or no. 
Um, and this is the problem that we have is that when people, again, particularly under the age of 50, sorry, 54, 45, and I'll tell you why in a minute, um, get kind of almost laughed out of the doctor's surgery. And I hear it so often, or oh, you're too young and your hormone levels are fine because they've only done one blood test. And it could be actually that you're in a spike at that moment in time and not a trough in terms of your hormone levels. If you went back at the same time tomorrow, it might look completely different. So they should be doing two hormone tests over a period of time. Um, but you can go through menopause. So the average age of starting perimenopause is 45. And in the NICE guidelines that are out at the moment, which are the guidelines that the doctors run to, they tend to kind of stick with that age of 45 in their head. And anybody under the age of 45 almost gets discounted if you don't get the right doctor. Yeah. Um, and that's a real hot button topic for me. So if you are not getting the answers from your doctor, first of all, and I'm thrilled that you did, um, if you're not getting those answers from your doctor and you know, you know, if you feel, you know, if you've come to the website and filled out the symptom checker and you know, and you're confident, actually, I'm sure that this is what it is. Yeah. Change your doctor, go and find somebody else, ask at your surgery if you've got somebody who's trained in menopause, first of all, because quite often there's a prescribing nurse or doctor who are trained in menopause, they just don't advertise it because they don't want to get overwhelmed or there's menopause clinics dotted around um around the region as well i know darlington memorial hospital in this region has has one so there might be hospitals with menopause clinics that you can go to yeah um if you're on the nhs or of course like you did you've got the option um of being able to go privately if you've got the means to do so yeah. as well um but advocate for your healthcare because you know your body's better than anybody else um so find a doctor who is going to help you and give you the guidance and, and, and you know the, the treatment that you need you know and if hrt is an option for you brilliant and obviously it's 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 helping you and it's leveling leveling those peaks and troughs out so you're just getting kind of little ups and downs now instead of the big ones that you were experiencing before which were causing the anxiety which is amazing oh. and what i'll say susan is one of the big sticking points for me was to for for actually going and pushing myself to You've got to think that was a good few hours of booking an appointment, going to see the doctors, going to see the nurse, then getting on this vitality, then getting emails through that. It's time for me. And what I'll say is if I hadn't factored that in, you know what? We talk about planning all the time in your business, don't you? Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be about business tasks. Like I made it a point, right, in that month, and it was a goal was to sort out this whole situation, how do I do it? And every single week it was right, on that day, you're going to ring the doctors and then you're going to do it. There was specific actions built into it. Mm -hmm. I think that because you're too busy that you don't need to prioritise this because it's huge. And that's, yeah, and that's the thing that we forget as well, isn't it? Especially when we get to this phase of life, we've always got so much else going on that we don't prioritise ourselves. And again, you and Feltsy and Ruth and everybody else in the, in the lounge talk about this often is that, you need to prioritize yourself because if you go down, especially if you're running a business by yourself or, you know, there's one or two of you, if you go down, you can't show up a hundred percent for everything else that you do. And I know from your point of view, you know, you would rather cancel something than not show up a hundred percent. Wouldn't you? I've seen, you know, I've seen that before. So you've got to look after yourself so that you can show up a hundred percent for not just for your business, but for the people who are in your lives as well. Um, and just so that you can feel well, feel good, and protect your long-term health and ultimately for me that's what it's all about it's about women feeling like they're in control of their symptoms they're absolutely bossing it 
but they're protecting their long-term health as well because of course when we go through menopause we're at risk of so many other health conditions as well if we don't manage it effectively mm-hmm. so you have an incredible backstory yeah why did you go down this path and how did it happen <clears throat> yeah so my my story was yeah an interesting well interesting interesting to some people maybe um so I um was diagnosed with cervical cancer um just over six years ago now um I was going through a lot at the time um so I just left my now ex-husband um and what I learned when I reflected back is that I actually went to a doctor when because I left my ex-husband moved in with my mum and dad um and felt something that just wasn't quite right internally so I went to the GP and I said oh something just doesn't feel right and I went to the GP um, in Gisborough as it um, at that point um, and she actually laughed me out of the surgery and said oh don't be ridiculous that's your that's your cervix and I was like yeah but it didn't feel like that before so anyway so I just kind of went along with it and um, eventually I was starting to get some really heavy bleeding and by heavy bleeding I mean having to stand in the bathtub because it was dramatic um, to the point where I'd had a couple of emergency admissions, blood transfusions, tranexamic acid. I know that's been a topic of something that we've been talking about in our group this week um, to try and stop the symptoms. And eventually, after a couple more emergency admissions, I was diagnosed with cervical cancer. Um, so from that treatment, I went through intensive um, radiotherapy. So that was daily for six weeks and weekly chemotherapy as well. So that was daily visits to James Cook Hospital for six weeks. Um, the team there were absolutely phenomenal and I've got a friend who's going through treatment there at the minute and they continue to be phenomenal um but my oncologist at that point my gynae oncologist who is the most incredible woman um Madhvi Adesamali she's called Dr Adesamali um told me that my treatment was going to push me into menopause and this is very true for a lot of women who go through certain types of cancer treatments so particularly breast cancer treatments and pelvic cancer treatments um now at that time I was what 41 years old I had no clue what that meant I hadn't even considered the idea of menopause at the age of 41 I was like okay so knowing what I know from my uh, from my mother-in-law mm-hmm. she always had her head stuck in the fridge so I thought right okay I'm gonna get a bit hot I'm gonna get a bit mean because she was a bit ratty um if you ask my stepmother by the way she'll tell you that she went through menopause in the weekend but many of us will disagree with that <laughs> she, she was the one that breezed through it um you know, so that's what I that's what I thought menopause was. Um, and I was really wrong. But I had, I guess, an added disadvantage that a, I was really stressed because I was going through a divorce at the time as well. So I remember, you know, emailing my ex-husband while I was sitting in the chemo day unit, you know, because he was harassing me about trying to get through the divorce. And I was like, oh, well, I'm really sorry if you're not my priority at the moment. But, you know, I've got a cannula in my arm with a whole bunch of stuff going in. Um, so I had the added stress of that, but but post that, it was really difficult for me to figure out, well, are the symptoms that I'm experiencing, are they side effects from chemo and radiotherapy? Are they, is it menopause? Is it the cancer coming back? What is it? And I had no idea. Um, and I was really scared because obviously for me and for anybody who's who's been through cancer is the fear of it coming back is very, very real and very, very scary. And I, you know, and and it's something that I still wrestle with you know six years on what, um, um were you told what stage it was or any what like was, I didn't want to know at the time before? but I learned later it was stage two 
So it was a tumor. Luckily it hadn't spread because again, that was another massive fear of mine um, because one of the nurses rang me one day and said that my lymph nodes were kind of popping on one of the scans that I'd had. So of course I went instantly into panic and started sort of blubbing on the phone going, oh my God, it spread, oh my God, oh my God. Um, didn't hear anything she'd said after that, but basically the, what she had said was, it might not be anything to worry about. It might just be that because you're going through this, your body's having a bit of a, mm. a bit of a hoo-ha for want of a better way. Mm. Um, luckily it hadn't spread. Um, it was just a tumour, but they couldn't operate on it because it was in a really awkward place, which is why we had to go through the chemo and the, the radiotherapy route. Um, which was fun um, and it also involved a couple of um, without going into too much detail because you know depending on what time you're listening to this I don't want to put you off your food um, but internal radiotherapy as well so that basically meant that I had to go into hospital overnight they um, put rods up into in, into your vagina sorry folks um, and they tape them to your inner legs they catheterize you and you basically have to lie there with those in for 24 hours and then they basically hook, hook the rods up to a machine and they zap you um through these I don't know if they're copper rods some kind of metal rods um and I had to have that done twice as well so uh, oh yeah there's no dignity in it so <laughs> just like there's no dignity in childbirth there's no dignity in this either oh my god so that must be horrendous pain it was if they get it right and they get the placement right it's not that bad plus they you know they keep really well on top of pain meds and stuff when you're in hospital but the second time I went in, I actually had to go back for a third try because they didn't get the placement quite right. Um, and that's through no fault of anybody's. You know, it's just it's one of those things. It's a very difficult thing to be able to do. Um, so I had to go back for a third time, luckily, successfully to uh, to have that done. And so um, but yeah, it's it's not the most fun procedure, but necessary um, to, to get to where I am now. And luckily, I'm, you know, I'm healthy yeah. um, and, and, and remain so what were you doing as a job then what 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 was happening in your life like responsibility wise so at that time um I was working I was working part-time so I was working at a local mental health hospital part-time and I was also running um a weight management group as well in the in the local village um but unfortunately I had to hand that over to somebody else I just couldn't physically do it obviously um and luckily the the company that I was working for were very supportive so um they covered me off for the whole six weeks and for recovery time after that as well so you know I have a, I have a lot to thank them for because they were very very supportive through that time um but that's really hard financially as well you know or can be really hard financially for a lot of people because some people or a lot of people are not lucky enough to have that understanding boss who will continue to pay you at full whack um through the whole experience um so financially that can create a lot of stress for a lot of people too yeah how long were you um in recovery for then Suzanne um well I wanted to try and get back to normal as soon as possible but the after effects of chemo I mean if you if if you've ever truly understood the word fatigue I never did when you know even when the nurses said to me you're going to feel fatigue it's not just tired it's literally you can be sitting on the sofa and the remote control can be on the coffee table in front of you and you literally haven't got the energy to reach over and pick up the remote control. So that's how knackering it is. Um, you just can't be bothered to move. Um, so it did take a while for my body to recover. 
Um, in some ways, there is still some recovery because obviously the radiotherapy leaves sort of scar tissues and things like that. So it's almost a new way of thinking and a new way of living. You know, I stopped drinking. You know, as soon as I was diagnosed, I stopped drinking. I haven't drunk since. Um, I try and stay away from sugary things because there's a lot of research around processed sugars and um, and cancers. In fact, there was something that's just gone in the Guardian about um, ultra processed foods. I popped on my Facebook page actually last night, strangely enough. Um, so I made a lot of lifestyle changes and those lifestyle changes helped my body recover and heal, but also it helped me manage my menopausal symptoms as well, um, which was fantastic because then I could then think, oh, actually, I didn't think I was able to take HRT because I'd had cancer. Um, but my oncologist gave me the tablet form, an old tablet form of HRT. Um, but when I got the leaflet out, because we all do, don't we? We pull the leaflet out and read it. And it said risk of cancer. So guess where the HRT ended up? I just chucked it in the bin because I was like, I'm not touching that. Um, so I spent four years researching and working really hard to go through it naturally with as few symptoms as possible. Um, and then through the research and the education and the certifications that I've done for myself, learned that actually HRT is an option for me. Um, and probably at the age I was going through it is a sensible option for me because, again, I'm protecting my long-term health, so particularly like my bone health, my brain health, my heart health. Um, it has a lot of protective factors. And if you go through it, particularly under the age of 45, it's it's really useful to have that in your toolkit um, mm -hmm. to, protect, to protect against those diseases. So how, so then you, you've gone through this awful horrific experience um and you've pushed into menopause and how do you then get inspired to go right I'm going to do a business about this <laughs> well I have somebody else to thank for that actually well I have a lot of people to thank for that but um I was really lost when I came out of the other other end of it and you know I got the phone call from the doctor to say I was going to be fine and and you kind of expect to be like oh my God, that's amazing. Life can go back to normal now. But I didn't know what normal was then because you go through this whole almost re-evaluation of what am I doing with my life? You know, am I doing something that I've got this second chance now? I survived this. I'm the first person, by the way, in my family to survive cancer. We've lost a lot of people in my family to it. Um, and I hope many more survive it if they do come down with it. But um I was like, oh my God, what do I do now? Am I really doing something that I should be doing with my life? So, and I wanted to get help to try and sort through all of that and what was next. Um, I tried accessing mental health services and that was just now and impossible. The waiting list at the time, I mean, we're talking what, five, six years ago now, were at least six months long. I know that they're infinitely longer than that now. Um, so like you, I went down the private route and I actually linked in with a divorce coach because obviously I was going through that as well at the time um, called Sarah Davison. She's an international divorce coach. Um, and as I found out, was actually trained with Tony Robbins, um, the life coach um, and Paul McKenna. Um, and she helped me massively kind of sort through what I was feeling, what I was going through. Um, and when we really looked at sort of who I was and what was important to me, because as coaches, that's that's what we do. You know, what is important to me and who am I? Um, she said, why don't you do this for other people? There's nobody else in this field helping people. Actually, it was about going through life changing illnesses and injuries and cancer recovery. And that's kind of how it started, because I thought, actually, 
that's a really great idea because I don't want anybody else to feel as lost as I felt coming out of the other end of cancer because that is a horrible feeling. It's a great feeling that you've come out the other end of it, but then it's like, what the hell else am I going to do now? Wait, it's like inspiring, but kind of more overwhelming and kind of have I lost myself? I can just, I can't even imagine how you must have mm. felt. Yeah, yeah. Well, from the rooftops, but you don't, don't you? Yeah, it's a really, yeah, it's a really difficult thing to get your head around because I know that, you know, everybody else in my life was like, oh, brilliant, she's okay now. So they kind of go on and, and kind of get on with their own thing. And you're kind of here like, okay, what, what is my thing now? What, what does that look like? But then you still got this kind of anxiety in the background about what happens if it comes back? What can I do about that? Is there anything I can do about it? Um, so there's, there's a lot to process coming out of the other end of that, even though you would expect with, that we're like, yeah, great, that's fantastic, right, let's just crack on. Um, it doesn't always work. For some people, it does work like that, um, but that's not the case for everybody. So that's kind of where I come in for those people just to kind of help them be that person to help them you know like I had Zara I wanted to be that person to help them sort through it but to know that I really understood what they were going through because I've sat I've yeah. sat in that position and I think that really brings a different level of connection when you connect with somebody who is going through a similar experience to you but also has the knowledge and the experience to be able to guide you through that yeah. I think that really brings a different level of connection to that sort of coaching relationship mm -hmm. I think a prime example of that is uh, and this has come about through again through kind of giving you exposure through the lounge and getting you like in front of people because we had a lounge and learn didn't we where you were the guest speaker mm -hmm. lounge and learns where we have a networking event it's all online we bring a guest speaker on and I think that's been hands down the most powerful one we've had to date the amount of messages I got off people saying thank you so much like I've never heard it anyone speak about stuff in the way that it was like with everybody else chipping in with their kind of vulnerability and their um challenges that they're going through it, it was brilliant it was absolutely brilliant. just having that Thank space you. to talk about it right um and then you kind of I mean I am just blown away it's like how quickly you've just picked up the whole Facebook group train and you've just gone with it right and I'm like yes this needs to be a Facebook group. So you oh, oh, Kylie, if you tell me what to do, I'm going to go and do it. So. <laughs> it's mastering your menopause, yeah? Mm -hmm. And I think one of the prime examples of where you, you've helped somebody and you can truly, truly see it is with Rachel Sligo. And she won't... She won't um, she won't be bothered that I'm sharing this because she's quite open with what she shares. So she had to have... a full hysterectomy was it yeah and so that she was forced in uh in uh, menopause early menopause yeah and what i've loved about it is she's been bold enough to share that on social media and some mm -hmm. people are like oh god you know woe is me did it but she's done it in a way that is so authentic and true to herself and she even said to me the amount of people who's then contacted her because she's done that is incredible. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's someone like Rachel who is she's 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 such a oh, what's the word? Like uh she's so skilled at what she does, she's such an expert in her field that when she talks about it, you know that she's doing it from the heart, you mm -hmm. know. 
she she she's yeah. a massive part of the lounge and she she loves to collaborate with people so you just know that what she's talking about is is true um and i don't think that would have necessarily happened if you hadn't come on the lounge and learn you hadn't started your facebook group it's just you've a catalyst for all of this happening it's superb it is i'm so glad though because it's just you know rachel is so incredibly real and authentic in what she shares and hats off to her for being brave enough to do that because you always get those people who are oh stop being worthy but actually you know social media is not a reflection of what what life happened what life is all the time is it because we kind of post all of this kind of happy stuff and this amazing stuff and um, but actually the really shit stuff happens as well and I think when you you know talk about that openly and hold space for people rather than hide the bad stuff mm. Um, it makes it easier for people to deal with because we find those commonalities and we're like, okay, well, I'm going through that too. Why don't we talk about it? Um, you know, and that's given rise to a whole other thing, you know, a whole other different adventure that that my life's going down as well at the moment. Um, because it is about it's about holding space for people and giving them the time to talk about what's going on for them and working through solutions that work for them. Mm-hmm. You know, because I would never that you know sit here and say to people. We'll do this, do this, and do that, because that might not work for them, because it might not fit in with their lifestyle, or they might not agree with it. You know, so it's about finding solutions collaboratively that work for them. And I think if more of us have those kinds of relationships, you know, I would love to see GPs having those relationships with people as well, because it wouldn't then take six visits to a doctor. It takes an average of six visits to a doctor for women going through menopause to get what they need. You know, we'd be able to do it in a one yeah. And that saves you time, that saves the doctor's time, and then it lifts some of the burden on the NHS, which to me, massive no-brainer. Exactly. And then everybody walks away happy. I don't know why they treat it so differently to, like, contraception and, you know, like, getting that you don't have to pay for that. I, I, I don't understand why you've got to pay for um, HRT. Just, it's a big, big, big talking point, isn't it? It is. And they have been working on it, trying to make it trying to make it free. Um, but the prepayment certificate is a big step forward for that. So if you don't, if, if you pay for your um, prescriptions at the moment, you can sign up if you haven't already for a prepayment certificate. So you pay, I think it's about £19.60 or 70 pence for the whole year. And then you can get your prescriptions for the whole year for that for that cost rather than paying, was it 20 quid every time you go? So big saving. Um, so yeah, I mean there are some really simple solutions, but getting getting it through the kind of the legal and the governmental challenge uh, channels has been particularly challenging. But luckily, there's a lot of people advocating, and there's some incredible people that just will not go away until these changes um, are in place, which is very exciting. So yeah, hopefully more will be coming down. Tell us a bit more about your group then. So yeah, so my group is Mastering Your Menopause um, on Facebook and we have a a lovely um, community growing every day, by the way. Thanks for the training, Kylie. Um, So we've got about 260 members now, which is really exciting. Um, And it's, I know, (laughs) it's yeah, it's really exciting. But it's a safe space, you know, like you were talking about earlier, it's a safe space for people who are experiencing menopause to be able to talk about what they're going through. We share tips, we share information. I do lives every Monday at eight o'clock. So we talk about, I'll kind of keep an eye on what the threads of the topics are throughout the week and then sort of address those questions on a live at eight o'clock every Monday night. Um, At the moment, we're doing a bit of a food challenge through August. So it's not too late to join if anybody wants to join. 
Um, depends when this goes out. Um, but we do a food challenge through August um, and we talk about all the different things that our food can affect in our bodies. We've been talking about hormones um, and all kinds of different things and how different hormones impact our menopausal experience as well. So there's loads of information there. There's loads of support. It's just a really positive uplifting safe environment for people to to get help to get guidance and you know like you say have a bit crack mm-hmm. i love it i like i've just had a little bit pop in you know I, i'm not in there loads i've got lots of different communities that i'm in but i did pop in there and it's great to see other people posting and asking the questions like you know that you've done something right when people feel safe enough to be able to come in and and ask the questions yeah yeah and I love that because that's that's exactly what it's all about it's about being able to just if you don't know ask Mm -hmm. because even if I don't see it um you know and I'm in there you know every day two three times a day but even if I don't see it there's other people in there that know or that will have the answer or will have experienced something very similar and have tried something that's worked really well for them and that's exactly what it's all about you know you say the word all the time but it's absolutely bang on it's a community it is a community so yeah pay attention <laughs> so i never stopped saying the bloody word man community but it's true it is so true it is um talking about the community then suzanne you came into the lounge about a year ago god was it that long ago already yeah. wow, and then long. um you must have been a bit of a lurky I don't think you've alerted McLurkers and I think you're just so busy and you have so many things going on, um, like we all do. And I don't, just don't think you saw it as a priority at that time. Um, but then... No, you were right the first time. I was a lurky McLurkers. Oh, lurky McLurkers. Yeah, I lurked. I lurked. What made you unlurk yourself? Well, I think for me, because um, I, I worked on my business part-time for, for quite a long time and then I went and did a business course um with um with a local training company um and they really helped me see that my business could be full-time so I'd been lurking with with the lounge um but I wasn't really out there networking and my own self-confidence wasn't really that good so whilst the information that I was seeing in the lounge was really brilliant information I just didn't quite feel confident enough to be able to push the button and go I want to know something or I want to I want to contribute um but then I went to one networking event um it was a women's networking event and it was the first one I'd done as me. Like, I'd done loads of networking events before as others and other people, which is way different. But this one was me and that was quite intimidating and scary because I'm like, oh my God, this is this is my business. This is my baby. It was really scary. Um, and there was a couple of ladies, um, amazing ladies there. Um, I think they're part of the lounge as well. You know, um, Alex Williams and Claire Wilson. Yeah. Um, both part of the lounge that Alex Williams designs and um, Claire Wilson, the um, amazing virtual assistant. Um, and I met them there and they sort of gave me gave me a push and went, come on, you can do it. And just gave me so much encouragement Class. that I just thought, you know what, stop being, stop, you know, take your own advice, first of all, and stop being intimidated by all of this and get stuck in. Because when you get stuck in, that's the thing that makes your business fly. When you get stuck in and you focus, mm-hmm. that's the thing that makes it all fly. And, you know, you've, you've seen the results already, you know, when you get stuck in and do the planning and do the work, you know, I'm going to show you for anyone that sees us on a visual, that's my, that's my monthly planner for my social media. Um, it's all, it's all there, paying attention. <laughs> glorious, glorious. It's all there. 
Um, but yeah, and it just gave me that confidence boost. But from there, it's led to so many other things as well. So, you know, you've seen me around, you know, around the region. I do loads of speaking events. I do a lot of work within businesses now, training them on menopause awareness, um, you know, managing menopause within the business and what that should look like, advising on policy, um, you know, all kinds of things. I work with a employee assistance program provider, which is national, um, wow. which has led to other sort of bigger training opportunities within you know, huge businesses that I never thought I would ever have access to in a lifetime. Um, so it's all really exciting stuff. And then, of course, you inspired me to start my own podcast as well. So we're ripping oh, the throws of recording podcast as well. That, that does you find that. When this season... Copy, copy, copy. <laughs> hey, listen, we all do it, don't we? Oh, oh yeah, you're coming. <laughs> and I'm coming. So once this season goes out, I'll be coming out to everyone who's asked us, will you come on the podcast? And I was like, oh, I need to finish mine first, man. Bloody hell. So <laughs> I will be coming on because I'll, I'll share exactly what we've been talking about today. Um, but I think I was trying to think about the things that you've done in the next level. And you've certainly took on board the Facebook group training. You just absolutely flew with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was thinking about this, I was like, it must be weird when you think about your ideal client, right? Because you're kind of looking for people. <laughs> you kind of look for women who are a bit depressed. <laughs> so who's her ideal client? Or like people who are a bit down in the dumps and don't really know. And writing that down, that is kind of your ideal client, isn't it? Let's 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 face it. Here. Yeah, I guess so. It's kind of it's noticing a change, but maybe quite can't quite put the finger on what that is. Or you know, if you're starting to struggle with mood, maybe and think that it's stress, you know, because a lot of us put it down to stress, don't we? There's so much going on that I'm stressed, and that that must be what it is, and it might not be. Um, but yeah, interestingly enough, though, my ideal client is basically everybody in the lounge. It doesn't matter what age you are, because you're never too young. <laughs> Because you're never too young to learn about it. Because if you learn about it before you get there, you know what you're looking out for. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, unlike a lot of women, I get so many women going, I have no idea what's happening to me. I just feel like I'm completely losing the plot. Mm-hmm. And they're scared. You know, some people have got one foot in a dementia clinic. Other people have got one foot in a mental health hospital um, because they just don't know what's happening to them. So if they can learn those signs as early as possible, then they can think, right, yep, yeah, I know what this is go to the doctors, get it sorted out or sort it out themselves in a, in a natural way if they don't want to go down the medical route. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's what it's all about. Education and empowerment. And how does one of your ideal clients get in contact with you for a one-to-one or some support? Oh gosh, you can find me all over the place. So you can go to my website, which is barbacoaching.life. So that's barber, B-A-R-B-O-U-R, coaching.life, L-I-F-E. Um, or you can find me on Facebook. So that's Suzanne Barber Coaching, which is the page. Um, I'm on Instagram as well, Suzanne Menopause Mentor. And I'm also on LinkedIn. What's you can listen into the podcast. Life... Oh, sorry. What's, what's your podcast called, Suzanne? It's called Life's Conversations and it launches in September. Exciting. We're just pinning down the final hills. So we're at the part of the show, which is called Why I Lass. <laughs> Why I lass? Oh, here we go. <laughs> I know what this means. I, I hope sure. I don't get one of Ruthie's questions. They're always really hard to answer. <laughs> so, 
So this is where we ask you, well, the team have asked you a question. I did have to give them another nudge today. Um, can you give us your <laughs> questions, please? You always get fancy. Who's already done it? She's a right swat. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, she's I on it, man. She's on it. But oh, I went in to do mine. I've already done it. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so the team have asked you a question. They know who I'm interviewing. Um, and I am also putting the same question depending on what it is, by the way, because sometimes it doesn't fit for the public audience, but I'm going to put the same question <laughs> on Spotify for anyone to ask to um, interact with. You can actually answer the question on Spotify. Awesome. Okay. Oh, this club, this can go on Spotify. This is from Angela Lavarico. Aha. And she says, what's the most daring thing you've ever done? Oh, I love a recall. What are you doing, man? <laughs> can this go on Spotify? Um, <laughs> yes, it can. I promise. It's 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 clean. Uh, what's the most daring thing I've ever done? Um, jumped out of an aeroplane. Are you maniac? What are you doing? I was. I wouldn't do it now. <laughs> oh, no, I was in the I was in the air force at the time. Uh, oh. Not that I was the the kind of person who you know I wasn't in the trade that jumped out of the aeroplane, but. Um, I always one of one of the one things I wanted to do when I was in the air force. I would always see the paras in in Oxfordshire jumping out of aeroplanes and just basically just floating very gracefully down um, to to land on one foot, you know, with the parachute dropping oh, behind them. And I thought, oh, I, I want a bit of that. Um, so I managed to sign up to do it with them in tandem. Um, did I land gracefully? I, I did not. Was I scared? Absolutely. New underwear definitely required. Um, but oh my god, yeah, I think that definitely classes as the most daring thing I've ever done. Yeah, I will not do anything like that. Bungee jumping out like that. even roller coasters now. I'm like, like but... <laughs> but this is an interesting point, right? As well, I will share you share with you like some of the daft stuff that I've done. So I think one of the most daring things, which I absolutely wouldn't do now, is I is it daring? Uh, auditioned for X Factor in Manchester. That's daring, isn't it? Oh, that is daring. That takes <laughs> who knows that does. Which was ridiculous, by the way. Like, who do I think I am? <laughs> Why the heck not? I think you'd have been amazing. But you know, you know it was funny. They actually got a little snippet of us, and I was on the show every single week on the advert bit. You know, like the intro. <laughs> but there was a woman behind us who. You, you know how you just can tell that the pick and choose people because of how stupid and insane and ridiculous they are. Um, also of how talented they are as well. But this woman was playing something through her nose. Like, like some kind of kazoo type of thing through her nose. <laughs> and, and she was behind me. And... Uh, she got televised and I was like, she was behind me. Why in the book? It was just hilarious. The whole experience was hilarious. But anyway. I definitely feel like we need the clip on the lounge for that, please. Didn't know where keep asking was. Kylie, get her to, if, if it's not on the lounge before this podcast goes out, <laughs> keep asking Kylie, get it on the lounge. <laughs> oh, we need to see it. I'll have to go on YouTube. But um, it does make us think we get less daring as we get older, don't we? And this could be all linked in with like the whole menopause crack and stuff like yeah, we do. And, you know, it's interesting you say that because if it wasn't for Alex and Claire at that at that networking do, you know, they, you know, it was a kind of a new mantra that I lived under after speaking to them, which is just 
feel the fear and do it anyway because actually you know and again Felpsy will probably talk about this all the time but um you know we don't get anything by sitting in our comfort zone we don't make any progress by sitting in our comfort zones all the time we have to be a bit nervous and a bit uncomfortable to get out there and do it and I would not be full-time in my business if it wasn't for Alex and Claire saying that very thing to me um you know feel the fear and do it anyway and give me the encouragement to 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 push the button, ditch my full-time job and and do it. Exactly. I would not have a membership. I would not have a podcast. I would not have written a book. It just the list goes on and on and on and on. And you're like, I kind of do that while I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> Let's just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> here we are. Here we are. There was something you mentioned and uh, I wrote it down and because I ain't going to swerve past that little bit of juice that you said. You said Uh-oh. something about a new adventure. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh, oh God, how long have you got? Um, so in short, I um, have decided to start my own charity um, and it's inspired by a couple of clients that I've been working with recently that it's not menopause related. So that's usually the first thing that people ask me. Um, it is in a completely different direction. Um, these families had been affected by loved ones making a suicide attempt and surviving. Um, they had found their loved ones, their respective loved ones, Um, And of course, the people who had made the attempt got a lot of wraparound help and support, but the families got left by the wayside. Um, And they came to me through, you know, a different type of training I do with businesses through suicide awareness training Mm -hmm. um, and said, can you at least signpost us to somewhere that that does help, that, that can help the people like us? Um, and the ones that I found were all sort of specialist bereavement charities, so for families bereaved by suicide. Um, and um, they said that they didn't want to go because their loved ones survived and they would feel guilty sort of mixing with those people who had been bereaved, which I completely understand. Um, but there's so much to it because, of course, when you know when a loved one comes home, they're walking on eggshells, they don't know how to handle it, they don't know how to have those conversations. And they just feel stuck and don't know how to move forward. Um, so, you know, I'm not one to mourn about stuff. So I just thought, well, if I can't find somebody that does it, I'm going to do it myself. Yeah. So, so that's what I'm doing. So, and that's why, because there's, you know, this is just two families. This is, you know, and and we know in the northeast particularly that suicide and suicide attempts were at the, you know, I guess the top of the league tables in terms of suicide rates and suicide attempts which is quite frankly not a league table we want to be top of um so we want to change that so we want to talk about it we want to get some prevention in there so we're going to be doing some training more training for businesses but we're also going to be offering support for again it's about connecting with people who have been through similar experiences so they can talk openly about it and feel more confident and be supported in a non-judgmental way that helps them move forward and that's what we're going to do fantastic what stage are you at with that then uh, we're still at the very initial stages so we're just in the process of um, establishing a board of trustees and, and getting all the, the registration done um hopefully we'll be ready to launch in the next couple of months with any luck um but it's going to be called breaking waves so look out for it um because we're going to be here to support as many families as we possibly can excellent you heard it here first lasses you heard <laughs> that's your, your lounge exclusive <laughs> <laughs> okay last question is if you could give one piece of advice to somebody starting out in self-employment what would it be one piece of advice join the lounge 
<laughs> I love it when people say that. I don't want to pay them. By the way, listeners, I do not pay any of these people to say that. <laughs> no, and and you don't. And I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not just blowing smoke there. But <laughs> the amount of support and experience and guidance and training and you know, I don't think I would have got as far as I have without that encouragement and training and information because it. I can't stand social media. So you've made it to a point where I can put up with it. I still don't really like it, but I do it and I and I do it more comfortably now with a bit more knowledge. Yeah. Um, but also if you're stuck with something, you can put a question in the lounge and somebody will know the answer or somebody will have experienced it. So you're not going it alone as a solo business owner. You've got an entire, again, an entire community of people around you that can help. So you're not on your own, even if you are working in your business solo. Beautiful. Join the lounge, everyone. Join the lounge. <laughs> Thank you so much. Listen, that has been brilliant. Thanks for being so open and honest, Suzanne. Such a resilient human, like incredible. And I'm sure so many of our lessons will get so much from this episode. So thank you for joining us. Today. Oh, thank you. And thank you for the invitation to come on as well. It means a lot. You are welcome. See you later. Bye-bye. It's the Lasses Who Lounge. The Northern Lass Lounge for badass business lasses. Lasses Who Lounge. It's pure juice. It's the Lasses Who Lounge.